Welcome to The Unstoppable Singer. I'm your host, Danielle Tucker, a professional vocalist, vocal coach, and a lead singer of the Mighty Untouchables Band. I'm also the producer and host of the Pandemic Proof Singer Summit and The Unstoppable Singer. The Unstoppable Singer follows the lives of real professional singers who've made incredible achievements in their lives and careers. We cover everything from voice work, making money, booking gigs, songwriting, recording, session work, and more. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast. Now on with the show. It's Hannah Lewis. Hannah is a vocalist, songwriter, arranger, composer, and music educator. She sings and arranges music in a variety of settings, including film sessions and uh, recording dates, live performances everywhere from the Ojai Festival to Carnegie Hall and LA local chorale ensembles, Los Robles, Master Chorale, and Tonality. And in between singing in the studios and on stages, she writes and records original music with her vocal band from the roots. So without further ado, let me bring on Hannah. Hello. Hello. How are you? Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. It's crazy that it's already the new year. It's wild. It's already four days into the new year. I know. Which is crazy because yeah. my daughter was telling me when she got in the car after school, she's she's like, yeah, today's the fourth. Tomorrow's the fifth. We're supposed to wear this, this, and that. And I'm like, today is the fourth for real? Uh, yeah, it's going fast. Time. Already going fast. <laughs> well, so speaking of the new year, we just closed out 2022. Why don't you give us a little year in review? Tell us about some of the highlights of your 2022 and, mm. and you can uh, maybe point out some lows you had to overcome as well if you'd like. Yeah, I'm glad you're asking me this question because I feel like I'm a little overdue for truly sitting down and thinking about everything that I've gone through. I, I know a lot of uh, creative people and people in general are really bad at like actually sitting and taking account of all the wins that you've had and all the things that you've done. Yes. Um, so trying to be better about that. This year, mm -hmm. uh, this last year, one of the first things that happened this last year was that I officially became a member of SAG after all, which is very exciting. Yay. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Yeah. That was like January, February. Um, I turned 25 last year, which was a big milestone halfway through the twenties. Um, mid twenties feels very different from early twenties. It's hard to explain, but <laughs> I'm sure everyone can, who has been there can relate. Um, a lot of singing with choirs. Um, I did some of my first SAG sessions as an actual SAG member, no longer Taft-Hartley paperwork to do. Uh -huh. um, so that was very exciting. I got to sing at um, one of the studios at Warner Brothers, on the Warner Brothers lot. Um, I got to record at East West. What was the other studio that I recorded at recently? The Bridge. Um, I've just been like <laughs> checking off on these lists of these completely iconic and amazing recording studios in the city that I am so blessed to be able to say that I've sung at now. Very exciting. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, a lot of, lot of exciting things in my career this past year. Um, and personal life has been good. I don't know. It was a good year because the year before was when I was going through a lot of my health issues, um, and going through cancer treatment. So as I've been kind of reflecting on the past year, I feel like 2021 was the year when it was just kind of all about getting through 
um, and being really just strong and therefore not really being able to truly go through emotionally everything that was happening and like Mm -hmm. process it. And so this year has been all about processing, been in therapy all year. (laughs) So it's been a big year of just like growing, um, healing, and just kind of building myself and also my career little by little. And I've really enjoyed every minute of it. Just I I mean, obviously singing and making music in all ways is what I love to do. So any mm-hmm. opportunity that I get to do that is is a win. That's great. That's great. And uh, I definitely, I'd, I'd love to touch on um, the health issues and jump back there in just a little bit. Um, but before we do that, I, I love the way you've described your year as being kind of a um, healing year, a transformative year, a growing year. And at 25, that is like, to me, that honestly, that was my favorite age that I went through. <laughs> it was a, something about that year that is just like, you really turn a corner at that point. Yeah. And it sounds like um, you had, you probably grew up a little quicker than you were expecting to in the past uh, couple of years. Yeah. Um, but I'm so glad to see you come out of the end of this year, you know, feeling good. How is this year looking for you do you have anything coming up that you'd like to talk about um i have a few performances with tonality coming up i mean we have our typical season that we are halfway through now with my choir tonality we did two concerts in the fall and winter and then we'll have a couple in the spring and early summer this year um and then a couple extra performances that i'll be doing with them tonality is like all over the map um we do our own concerts and then sometimes we get contracted for movies and albums and sometimes we are performing works by composers just like at venues we just like get hired as a choir sometimes so um always a fun ride so we have some things scheduled in the next couple months with that um and my band from the roots we've been remote recording our album Ah, Um, so yeah the funny thing about us is that we were a remote project before the pandemic even started like we have always been remote um every most of the members of the band live in texas one lives in arkansas i'm the only one that lives in california we met through like we're all college acapella kids um and we met yeah (laughs) big acapella nerd um we met through this acapella intensive that we all did several years ago and formed this band and the goal was always to create original acapella music Um, so that's what we've been doing and we got together over the summer we had like this weekend where 12 hours a day we were songwriting recording demos getting everything set so that we could all go home to our respective places and do the official recordings remotely Mm -hmm. Um, we've been using this amazing software I wish I knew the name of it because I'm sure many musicians would love to use this but it's basically the software where someone can have um a DAW set up on their computer like Pro Tools or whatever Mm -hmm. um and someone on a completely different computer could be anywhere as long as you have a strong wi-fi connection um can be recording as long as you have like a mic and all that Mm -hmm. you don't even have to have a DAW yourself you don't have to have Pro Tools or Logic or anything but you can record through this software um directly into their DAW wherever they are Um, wow so it serves as like a bridge to their dog oh my gosh yeah so like they can run the session um 
So like one of our members um, is like, we have a few members that are really great at mixing and recording, which is awesome. But one of our members has been kind of spearheading that whole process. So we were remote recording, um, which with that um, software is like so easy. Um, and I was able to like hear the track that I was recording to and the click and all of that. And the latency was like almost zero. It's really awesome. Um, so we've been doing that and hopefully the album will be all recorded and all finished. We're hoping for in a few months, maybe by summer, early summer mm-hmm. um, to be safe. But because, <laughs> you know, we all have our lives and we're all obviously in different places. But um this project from the roots has been something that we have really just come back to continuously over the years. It's taken so many iterations and we've done so many things. I mean, early on we were headlining scholastic acapella festivals and doing that whole thing mm-hmm. um, as a professional acapella group. And then we pivoted more away from creating acapella versions of songs that exist to wanting to do original music. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been something where it's never the first priority for everybody because we all have our own lives, but it's always something that we care about a lot and are always going to make time for. So it's a slow process, but I know that when it's finished, it's going to be awesome. Uh, Um, So it sounds like a big passion project for everybody. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, So hopefully early summer, like I said, we have a lot of mixing engineers and uh, just like, recording engineers in the group so we're going to be doing most of that in-house which is excellent mm-hmm. and so yeah that's coming up I have done about half of my recording and I have to finish it up but that's something I'm definitely looking forward to this year mm-hmm. um yeah I don't know this year I have sort of refocused my attention primarily into just performing whether Mm -hmm. it's recording work or performing live performing with uh choirs I love singing in choir it's like one of my favorite things to do um because over the past couple years I've been doing a lot of private piano and voice teaching Mm -hmm. um and I love it but it became a bigger part of my life than I ever expected I was never intending to be like a teacher Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the new year, I have taken a step away from that and really redirected my energy into what I've always wanted to do all along, which mm-hmm. was just singing. And I love arranging too, and doing a little teaching on the side here and there. I work with a couple, um, high school ensembles where I still get to kind of like keep my teaching muscles strong. Um, but the primary passion for me has always been performing. So yeah. I'm really going to dive into that even more in this new year. Yeah. Awesome. So you're definitely a harmonies girl, I can tell. <laughs> but it sounds like, uh, you know, at so early on in your career, you're doing something that is so smart, which is building a portfolio career where you don't have all your eggs in one basket. You are diversifying what you're doing. You, you've got teaching, you have session work, you've got, uh, you know, your original projects and live performance, which is so, so incredibly smart because as we learn from the pandemic, things can turn on a dime Mm -hmm. and things can go away just as quickly as they came along. So being prepared for that um, and just really keeping yourself out there, even if, even if you're just a small part of your focus is in any one of those areas, uh, it's still really smart to do. 
Yeah, I feel like that's the only way I can do it. Like I can get very bored very easily. And I love having lots of different things and lots of different skills that I get to hone and mm-hmm. build. Um, and just seeing how my different skills in different areas kind of bleed over into other things that I do that I wouldn't necessarily expect them to be related. Um, and, and I love getting types of skills that aren't necessarily music related from music work, like, like teaching, for example. I mean, I am definitely imparting my knowledge on the students and all of that, but I'm also learning so much from them and learning so much from the experience of like being the adult in a room full of teenagers and Mm -hmm. like what that means and (laughs) how to properly use that authority um, in the best possible way. Um, That has been so informative, just like career-wise, but also just like as a person, just learning how to, how to guide people properly and how to gauge what they need um, in order to be guided in the right direction. Yeah. You're, you're picking up the professional skills. And mm-hmm. I mean, that even comes down to just customer service and how to deal with, right. you know, the, the, the kids' parents and, and just, you know, how to deal with clientele. Um, it's, it's so important because these are the skills that are going to transfer over into just about every other avenue that you get into in one way or another. And that's something that I've always, you know, notice with, you know, young singers or, or even, you know, those of us that are, you know, way further down into our careers, there's, there seems to be a little bit of a, I don't know, almost embarrassment to talk about like side gigs that you might have if, if like, you know, if you're working at Target on the side or you're a barista mm-hmm. or, you know, waiting tables or whatever. Um, but I, I, I was in the corporate world for a long time and I've always looked back on that experience as, you know, that was such a great opportunity for me because I picked up an enormous amount of skills that I transferred right over into running my own business as, as a professional musician, you know, and, and I, I wouldn't have changed that for the world. So I think if you just kind of frame that type of work as a, I do this so that I can do this, you know, it's really a support system for that. Yeah, no, it's so true. I actually was a barista for (laughs) like over four years. Um, And that was all during college. So I wasn't like truly into my career yet. I was just in school. Um, But as like, as sort of a shy kid, just kind of like growing up and entering adulthood, being thrust into that customer service role, because I worked at um, a coffee shop. It wasn't like a Starbucks or a coffee. It was Pete's coffee, if you know Pete's mm-hmm. coffee. Yeah. Um, but so they have more of like a customer service angle than even the other big chains do. It's like very important to be interacting with customers constantly. And so that was such an important growing experience for me because as someone who is like terrified to talk to strangers, uh-huh. now it's my job to talk to strangers um, and engage with them, especially in a situation where you're like, just waiting for your coffee, you probably don't even really want to talk, you know? So, um, that was like a really, really excellent learning experience for me. Um, and I have definitely brought those skills into literally everything else that I've done, just being able to be comfortable in a room with people that I may not necessarily know and be able to find that common ground with people. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been very, very important. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, um, as I said a little bit earlier, when you were describing some of the things that you had going on last year and this year, um, you, you, it seems as though you're experiencing a really big career already. You know, you have a lot of like 
big gigs going on and, and, and well-established gigs. Um, so if you don't mind, I'd love to step back and go back to the beginning for you. Tell us how you got your start. Are you coming from a musical family or um, how did you get started? I do come from a musical family. More so I come from an artistic family. Mm -hmm. So my mom is actually a studio cellist. She's been working in the mm -hmm. studio world for, she probably wouldn't want me to say how many years, but <laughs> many, many years. She is very established and very well respected. I look up to her very much. Um, she played on like every record in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, now even, um, and so many movies. And she, I have learned so much from her model of just like always remaining humble. Um, mm. She is one of the most humble people and is so grateful for every single gig that she gets still, even like so many decades into her career and being so established she could so easily take things for granted but she never does because she mm -hmm. always feels so blessed to get everything and that has um been really important for me to see um wow. yeah and my dad was an actor um so I had both of those and then I have my my family is kind of crazy um my dad was an actor and also a bit older so I was the 10th of his kids he had wow. many kids over many years. Um, <laughs> I know. In my family unit, it was the four of us, me, my two brothers, and my sister. And then I have a bunch of uh, older half-siblings that are also um, in the industry. I have a sister that's a very successful actress um, and a brother that's a very successful videographer. It's like everybody is sort of working in the industry one way or the other, whether they're performing or sort of doing things on the back end. Mm -hmm. Um, but so in my immediate family unit, my, one of my brothers is an opera singer. He sings in tonality with me actually, and sings a lot with LA Master Chorale and does lots of, um, session gigs around town. My other brother is a visual artist. So it's kind of funny. He's like the black sheep of the family just because he's not a musician, uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's still like very entrenched in the art world. And he mm -hmm. runs a very successful art school. Um, and my sister is also a singer. She's in a band called Gems. Um, and she does some session work as well here and there, but singer songwriter. So we all do something related to the arts, mostly music. Um, but yeah, we were all put into piano lessons at a very young age. Um, and I was actually the one that stuck with piano specifically the longest. Most of my other siblings either branched out to other disciplines of art or other instruments, but I took piano lessons for like 13 years. Mm -hmm. um, and I credit that with a lot of my, just like musical wherewithal um, and ability just because having that keyboard in your head um, when you're really in any musical setting, like sight reading or whether you're like on a session or singing in a choir, just like, being able to have that sort of frame of reference is so helpful. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I've been singing since I was little, like as long as I can remember. I never really took any serious sort of singing lessons until very close to the end of high school. And even then it was kind of few and far between. I took some singing lessons in college as well. I wasn't a vocal major. Um, I was actually a media composition major at CSUN, which is a very unique major. Um, I knew that I wanted to sing primarily, but 
I didn't necessarily want to go the completely classical route. I love classical singing, um, but it's not really my primary. Didn't really want to like go the LA opera direction necessarily. Um, So I got to have a vocal emphasis and get voice lessons and be able to still improve classically while taking classes like uh, film scoring and jazz arranging. Um, It's one of my favorites. Um, and uh, lots of music theory and just like really diving into the theoretical side of things and um, sort of sharpening my arranging and composing tools in my toolkit um, while still singing a lot mm-hmm. and doing my lessons and also singing in the choir and singing in the acapella group. I music directed the acapella group and that's when I got into arranging uh, for voices. Um, so yeah, all of my, all of the stuff that I was doing in college, kind of like doing some composing and, but really like mostly focusing on all the singing stuff that I was doing that kind of naturally led into um, post-college, just like joining choirs, auditioning for choirs, um, seeking out session work, networking, just getting to know people. Um, And the pandemic hit when so I graduated college in 2019 so right before everything wow um yeah in May 2019 and so it's kind of funny I was a barista from the very beginning of college in 2015 up until February 2020 (laughs) (laughs) yeah the the great before um Mm -hmm. when so my birthday's in February and I had I basically like gave myself the birthday gift of leaving my barista job and Mm -hmm. just diving headfirst completely into music. Cause finally Mm -hmm. by then I felt like I had enough things going on, enough hats were spinning um, that I could support myself just with music. And Mm -hmm. so it was great for a month (laughs) and then the pandemic hit. Um, And it's so funny. It almost seems like, a completely different life now I don't know if other people feel that way but like yeah yeah, it's just it was such a unique time that's putting it nicely um but I still kept up music as much as I could I was getting a few remote things here and there um I feel like most singers never want to do a remote like box singing recording video ever again (laughs) um lots of those um and as things have started to open up again, I've just been like really pedal to the metal and just trying to build a career and a life that I love. Um, and I'm a total workaholic, so <laughs> it's come naturally to me to just like do all the things all at once. Um, that kind of brings us to this year, now that we're a couple years out of the pandemic. Um, now I'm trying to find that balance again of like, yes, it's great to work hard, um, but you also want to have time for yourself and you want to feed into your mental health and physical health and all of those things Mm because definitely can't take those things for granted um but I think I will never be able to completely stop being a hard worker because that's (laughs) that's just like in my blood I guess that's another thing I've kind of gotten from my mom too just like seeing her um relationship with work and also her success in the industry it's like she loves it so much that she just like of course she's gonna hustle to do as much as she can and say yes to as many things as she can 
um, because she wants to do it. She loves it. So that's kind of how I feel too. Yeah. I think it's a very valuable characteristic to have in this business, to have that inner hustle, uh, yeah. because you really, you, you have to generate that work on your own and you've got to stay on so many radars at any given time that, um, you know, I think it's a good quality as long as you are, you know, taking care of yourself as well. Right. Speaking yeah. of that, I'm really glad that you mentioned um, about coming through the pandemic and, you know, what's been learned from that. And I think it's so funny because during the pan pandemic, when I'm interviewing singers were, you know, we're reflecting on what, what does all this mean? And, uh, a common, you know, insight was that, oh my God, I was like totally burning myself out before all this hit. And I'm so glad in a way that it did, because now it kind of gives me this break. And once things open up and I go back again, I'm going to really have this balance in life. I'm going <laughs> to practice self-care. I'm going to slow down and, and what I saw happen was as soon as gigs started becoming available, we like ravenously just started like pulling it's yes, yes, yes to everything yeah. just to kind of get ourselves going again. And, and inevitably, you know, you kind of jump back into that pace of life. Um, with that said, though, I still think there are so many lessons that we learned and did bring over and, you know, maybe balance is some one of it for, you know, a lot of us, but um, what do you think are, is either a top lesson you learned or, or a few things that you've brought over since then? Um, I mean, I guess one of the biggest overarching lessons is that you can't take anything for granted. Like ah, I, yeah. I always knew that. And I feel like we all know that, but then, mm -hmm something happens where things that you never considered that you wouldn't be able to do, like be in the same room as people, mm -hmm. um, let alone sing together, literally just be in the same room as other people. Um, like I just, I had never considered that that wouldn't be an option. I feel like a mm -hmm. lot of people can say the same. So um, it just like, it brings another level of gratitude mm -hmm. to everything that we get to do. I think that's kind of why um, as soon as gigs started coming back, people were so ravenous to get back. It's because like we were so starved for so many of the best things about life for so long, like being around other people, communing, singing together. If you're a singer, singing together. There's so few experiences that are like singing with other people. It's so special. Um, and so to me, it totally makes sense why me and <laughs> pretty much every musician was just like clamoring to get back into yeah. gigging as much as possible because we realized, oh, my God, we had been taking this for granted. And now now that we get to do it again, like I just want to do it all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that that sense of gratitude has been the biggest lesson and something that I'm really trying to keep holding on to as things start to feel more and more normal for longer periods of time. Mm -hmm. um, it's really easy to forget the lessons that you learn, but I'm just trying to keep that with me. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good point. It really does. It, it does make you, uh, feel, um, a greater sense of enthusiasm for what you've been doing all along, but now it just, it's just at a different level. It means so much more, especially mm -hmm. just the, the family and friendship aspects of it. I totally agree with that, but. 
so speaking of taking for granted and being stopped in your tracks, you mentioned at the top of um, our talk that um, you have had to deal with cancer at a very young age. Um, do you mind telling us how that entered into your young world and how that's uh, transpired over the past couple of years for you? Yeah. So obviously it was very unexpected as it is for many people. Um, last, not last year, the year before last year now, um, maybe even like technically the fall before that. So fall 2020, I felt like a lump in my neck, like at the base of my neck. And I was like, eh, that's weird. Um, and so I got it checked out and my doctor was like, probably like a cyst or something because like usually it is right mm -hmm. especially when you're so young and I'm like healthy otherwise so like yeah. why are they going to think anything different but he was like keep your eye on it um and I felt like it was kind of changing over time so I was like I feel like there's a greater story here um mm -hmm. I ended up having to go through sort of multiple different biopsies and like seeing different doctors um and finally I so it was like on a Monday, I think that I had to get my final biopsy. It was like a surgical biopsy. They removed an entire lymph node. Um, they realized that it was something having to do with the lymph nodes, but they weren't sure if it was cancer or not. Mm -hmm. um, so they had to remove an entire one to be able to like test it fully. And so I did that on a Monday. And then on Wednesday, I was driving to Arizona to do a gig. Um, so this like, I've worked with this choral ensemble called Quartz Ensemble in Arizona a couple of times. They're awesome. Um, they perform with the AZ Phil. And so I was in Arizona by myself um, mm. doing this gig and just like staying with um, someone in the community. They had like put us up with community members, which was cool. Um, but I was on it was this crazy life moment. I was on this beautiful hike because um, it was in this like, it was not the typical Arizona you might expect. It was like kind of the big bear of Arizona. It was up in the mountains and yeah. I was on this beautiful scenic hike. I was literally in the middle of taking a panoramic picture and I get a call from one of the doctors, uh, the ear, nose and throat doctor that I've been working with telling me that it in fact was Hodgkin's lymphoma. So I'm like on this beautiful hike, just like soaking in the beautiful wonders of the world that <laughs> I get this call. Wow. Um, and of course, this happens when I'm like alone in another state, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So I immediately was like on the phone to my mom. Obviously, like my whole family knew this, what was happening, but uh, mm -hmm. we hadn't had answers until that moment. Um, luckily, my mom and brother were planning to drive up for the concert um, to Arizona the next day anyway. So thankfully, mm -hmm. I was able to see them the next day and just have family around me. Um so it was a few weeks and a few tests later that I was finally able to get an actual diagnosis because they knew what it was, but they needed to determine like my stage, um, just kind of, and just figure out a treatment plan from there. So mm -hmm. I was stage 3A, which means that it had, so the lymphoma had spread past my diaphragm, but it was still very small, which is why it was 3A. Um, so I was able to get a chemo plan that wasn't, too harsh obviously chemo is harsh but um was able to avoid radiation altogether which is excellent mm. um and my chemo plan took about six months all told 
Um, so that was basically halfway through 2021 to the end of 2021. Um, so that's kind of why I said that year sort of became about just like getting through it. Um, and it was such a crazy time because like <laughs> when I was just getting all the biopsies and everything, um, I remember being like really annoyed because I would have to, in order to recover from the biopsy, I wouldn't be able to work out for like a week or something. Mm -hmm. And I, I had just started this new workout program with my friend and I was like annoyed that I was going to be off track with our workout program. <laughs> um, and it's just like the things you worry about. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and then of course, like you just gain these whole new levels of perspective. Um, and I feel like gaining perspective like that at such a young age can be such a blessing and a curse because mm -hmm. it's like so many people my age have not had to deal with this and so maybe they don't have the level of perspective that I have and the ability to kind of like look outside themselves and see the bigger picture mm -hmm. but at the same time they didn't have to deal with what I had to deal with and that sucked yeah <laughs> and so I in some ways I kind of envy them for that and there's like a level of innocence that maybe they might still have and mm. that I may have lost but right but at the same time the grass is always greener and everyone has their things that they've gone through in life that have changed them um yeah. and made them wiser taught them lessons um so it was really wonderful to see the outpouring of love that I got um from of course family members but also people that I may not even have known very well, but like were really moved by just the fact that I had to go through this and the strength that they perceived me having um, and just really wanted to extend their support. People that were like literally anything at all that you need, please reach out to me. It doesn't matter what time of day I like any way that I can help you. Like people just really want to help. Yeah. Um, and so that was really beautiful to see. And I really did feel very, very supported um, while all that was going on. Um, but I finished chemo in October of 2021. And since then I've been getting my scans and I've been clear and I'm good. Um, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this past year has just been, like I said, just kind of like unpacking all of it. Um, Tonality actually just had a concert in early December, um, all of our concerts are sort of focused on some sort of like social justice uh, topic. And this concert was about healthcare and healing. So mm -hmm. it was just like exploring the different experiences that people have with the healthcare system. Um, and in all of our concerts, uh, a few, maybe two to four members of the choir that have a very personal connection with the topic of the concert, write up a little blurb and speak, um, sort of just like share their experience. Um, and so I was able to share my experience at this concert and just like get honestly more vulnerable than I ever have outside of like close family members about it because like most people in my life know about it by now and I'm not like afraid to talk about it by any means, but the process of healing from something like that is like, there's a lot of anger that comes along with it right. because you get very resentful, or at least I did um, just resentful that this is happening to you, you know, like it shouldn't happen to anyone, but yeah. it's like, it just comes out of nowhere. Um, and 
there can be a lot of mixed emotions. Um, and, and just like, I don't know, just reconciling that you will never be the same person that you were before mm-hmm. you went through all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the loss of trust in yourself, um, mm. like your own body. Cause like, uh, okay. yeah, I actually had a very affirming conversation with my primary care doctor um, when I had my first physical post chemo where he said something that I hadn't really verbalized in my own head, but had been feeling, which is that you in, from now on, it will be very difficult to trust that any little thing that happens with you is just some little thing. Like mm-hmm. I used to be able to just trust that and now now I know that like that little thing that you thought was nothing could be something really big. So it's like this strange loss of trust in your own body that you don't really feel until it's gone. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I've been rebuilding that because um, you don't want to live in like a, a sort of panic mindset about it because mm-hmm. that doesn't help anything. Um, but yeah, it's, <laughs> I've definitely grown as a person. Um, yeah. And it's, it's strange to feel like it's already over a year now that I've been out of treatment because when I was in it, it felt like forever. Mm -hmm. Um, And in some ways it feels like it just happened. Um, But, but the farther away from it I get, the more I'm able to just like feel okay again and just like focus on my healing and sort of work through all the feelings that I had about it because I didn't really have the emotional space to work through those while I was just trying to survive it yeah um but my therapist has been amazing my friends and family have been amazing my partner has been amazing um and I'm just so grateful to have so many wonderful people in my life that are so supportive at all times um my mom really sprung into action when all this happened she drove me to like nearly every single appointment was always there with me sitting with me through those long chemo sessions just um always willing to be there and help me um Mm -hmm. so yeah it it really helped a lot of my relationships grow in an interesting way um so i'm grateful for that aspect for sure yeah. Wow. Hannah, uh, I'm so glad to see you on this side of it. I'm happy for you, of course. Uh, congratulations for that. Thank um, and thank you for sharing that. That's, uh, you know, that's a tough place to go, but I know that there's um, so many people struggling that I know will, you know, get a lot from hearing that experience from you. And I just um, hearing you talk about, what you've had to process even on the other side of this and and what that, what this all means for you as you kind of continue on with your life and and how you're going to look at things. It is as as though you're looking through life at a different lens all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And and this is, this is COVID then cancer, then, you know, um, so early on, those are two major traumatic, you know, events. And, and I can see how, you know, there's, good to be gleaned from it, but then I'm sure, you know, there's still the ongoing, you know, things to overcome and struggle with, but, but yeah, having that, um, I, I've always felt there's, there's a, a, a strength in not, not being able to cakewalk through life. You know, it does seem so freaking unfair mm-hmm. and, 
you know, I think we, many of us have those things where we look around and you're just like, why me? Why do I have to struggle with it? Seems like everybody else is just kind of skating. Why do I have to deal yeah. with this? But, you know, when you, when you do overcome certain things, there are, you know, there are things to be pulled from that to, to kind of pull you through the future. And you, you've got a unique perspective now to bring into life that, you know, nobody else is going to understand. And very. I hope that it serves you very well throughout your life. Yeah, I hope so too. I think it already has started to, because I just feel like I, in some ways I feel so unfazable mm -hmm. because like, I don't know, I'll, I am in my mid twenties. So I have a lot of friends who are also in their mid twenties um, already kind of freaking out about like, oh my God, I'm not where I thought I was going to be by this age. I haven't done this and this and this, and I'm so behind. I'm like, yeah, yeah but you get another day yeah. to try and yeah. to work towards that. Some people don't get another day. Mm. So like, it's, it's as simple as that. Not to invalidate because I feel that way sometimes too. And that is such a valid way to feel. Yeah. Um, but the next step after that is remembering how mm. lucky you are to get another day to work towards your goals and build the life that you want to have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad your, your peers are lucky to have you to, you know, remind them of that. That's so true. Uh, and as a, as someone in their forties, it's, it is, I kind of chuckle a little listening to someone at 25, like, Oh, I should have yeah. done so much with my life. And, you know, yeah. no, silly. knowing what's to come, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Well, thank you again for sharing all that with yeah. us. Um, I want to make sure that, you know, we touch on, uh, you did mention some things that you've got coming up here in the future. Um, you're from the roots group. You're, you have an album in the works right now. You're mm -hmm. thinking conservatively summertime, maybe that it's going to be coming out. Where's yeah. the best place for people to check out your music? Where would you like them to go to connect with you? Um, well, you can listen to some of the performances that we already have out um, on YouTube at From the Roots. Uh, we also do already have an album out. It's covers, but it's all original arrangements. Um, okay. And it's all of us singing. Um, so if you go on Spotify, Apple Music, um, I believe those are probably the best places to find it. It's From the Roots. The album is called Eyes of Love. Um, we have a couple additional singles on there, but that's one of our biggest projects that we have out um, in addition to YouTube and stuff. Um, our Instagram is, I believe, from the roots band. Okay. Um, so people can follow that for updates. Um, my website is hannahroselewis.com. So on there, it's mostly, it has like my vocal reel and my CV and like <laughs> things that I've done more information about me and my contact. It also has a few uh, videos and things of, performances that I've done um so you can always find some more stuff on there um yeah those are the main places I think that's great I went ahead and added all of those links into the comments mm -hmm. and um it sounds like you've got a lot of exciting stuff coming up I'm excited for you I, I I'm gonna absolutely check out from the roots and see uh what's going on there as well as your vocal reel I'm so curious to see listen to it. But <laughs> before I let you go for the evening, um, I know we've touched on so much of this already because you, you really have had to overcome so much, but 
can you close us out with telling us what makes you unstoppable? I think what makes me unstoppable is my passion for music and also just my belief in myself Mm -hmm. as everyone experiences self-doubt. And I think sometimes a little bit of self-doubt can be healthy, Mm -hmm. but I do believe so strongly in my heart and my abilities and what I can bring to the table. And I think that is crucial just in life in general, but also in the music industry, the entertainment industry as a whole. Um, You need to be very confident in your abilities and the value that you can provide. Um, And I think over the years, um, I have really just kind of progressed into that role of just like being my biggest advocate and of course, remaining humble 100%. I know Mm -hmm. there's always going to be a million people that can sing me under the table, but nobody can sing exactly the way that I can. Yes, And that's true for everybody. Um, So I just really try to lead with that and um, support the parts of me that are truly unique um, and be my biggest advocate, like I said, because you always have to be your biggest supporter. Um, So I think that's what makes me unstoppable is that I really believe in myself and I believe that I can do so many things. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that about you. I love that for (laughs) you. And I have truly loved our conversation. Thanks so much for joining us. If you love this conversation as much as I did and would like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with The Unstoppable Singer and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow me on Instagram at Unstoppable Singer. And while you're there, please share this episode on your Instagram stories and tag me at Unstoppable Singer. Once again, I'm Danielle Tucker, a professional singer and vocal coach. I've spent the last 25 years crafting a successful career for myself in the music industry and showing other aspiring singers how to do the same. The world needs your voice now more than ever. So get out there and create an unstoppable career. Thanks so much for joining.